record. All right, awesome. So hello, welcome back to another episode of the Prove Podcast. I am your host, Amy Beckley, inventor and founder of Proof. And I have the extreme pleasure of um, being joined today by Sophie Shepard of She Talks Health. I think that's right. Um, and <laughs> I met her, um, I didn't actually meet her, meet her. This is like, you know, the virtual world, meet her. Um, she tagged us on a post um, about Prove. And she just talked about ovulation as being our superpower and how amazing our cycle can be. And since a lot of you um, that are using Prove are using it to conceive and are really frustrated by hormones, maybe this you've never actually cared about your hormones or don't know what they do, and you just you know want to try to get pregnant, uh, I just want to use this this opportunity to to talk to Sophie and have her educate us about how amazing our hormones are, not just to conceive, but to be the best women we can be. So Sophie, please. Tell us about yourself, what you do, why you do it, all the deeds. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me to be uh, on this podcast and to talk about this really important subject. It's what I live and breathe and what gets me excited and gets, gets me out of bed every day. So yes, I am Sophie Shepard. I am the founder and creator of She Talks Health, which is a complete platform for, for women dealing with hormonal issues. And I really try to bridge the gap for women who are dealing with everything from infertility to chronic issues with PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, thyroid issues, or just straight up terrible cycles. Um, and the connection between our nervous system and our gut health, because our bodies are so connected. And oftentimes when we're dealing with something like infertility, it has an upstream issue that we might actually have a lot of control over. So at T-Talks Health, I get to guide and educate and empower women to really use their hormones to their advantage, not just for pregnancy, but also that's great, right? Um, but to completely leverage their life and supercharge their life, you know, thrive in their life, not just survive. So that's what I get to do. And I do this because um, I went through my own uh, very long, <laughs> sorted story um, with my health that really made me have to take a look at different ways, holistic ways, functional nutrition and medicine to, to get my health handled. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we were kind of discussing about how, you know, we're women and we have this extra stuff that men don't have. So men have maybe a little bit of it, but we have an amazing amount of estrogen and progesterone. And these are hormones that not only required for conception, but they're required for our body to function properly. So can you kind of talk a little bit about estrogen and progesterone and why you need them outside of the context, context of conception? Yes, I can. Um, and I actually just published a blog and article about this too. So if this is the first time you're hearing this and you're like, oh, I want to like learn more, you can always head over to the She Talks Health website and like 
visually and, and like look at it because I think people learn different ways. Um, and there's this like kind of great graphic that we we created about the roller coaster that is like estrogen and progesterone through the cycle. And you're so spot on about, you know, men have basically the same hormones every day. Like they have testosterone, it comes every day. We get testosterone like maybe once in the cycle at a real high peak. Um, but estrogen and progesterone are our two main female sex hormones. And if you've been using Prove, you already know about progesterone probably. But before we get to progesterone, if we look at the first half of our cycle and we look at like our cycle as a full, you know, 28 to 35 day cycle, a lot of people are in the 25 day, 32 day, it doesn't really matter. All of it's um, okay. But if we're looking at that monthly cycle, the two hormones that really impact us the most are going to be estrogen and progesterone. Estrogen is created um, after we, we have our period and everything sheds and all of our hormones kind of flatline. If you look at it on a graph, it'll literally look like estrogen is really low. And so is progesterone right when we're bleeding. And this is why one of the reasons why when we're having our period, we don't really want to be around very many people because we are shedding literally everything that we have. And it's a time to go inward. It's a time to reflect. It's a time to sleep and rest. It's not a time to go, go, go. It's certainly not a time to try and conceive as that would be impossible. Um, and it, it's not the time to be the outward facing superwoman, right? So men, they get the testosterone every day. We get it, you know, once, <laughs> once in a whole month. And so what we can do is understand that these ebbs and flows are not necessarily a limitation, but if we know what's going to happen, we can prepare for them. So just to give you an example, with the first phase, which is like the bleeding phase um, of the menstrual cycle, your hormones are the lowest. That's when you chill. It's okay. You, re you rest. I know it's, it, you're probably rolling your eyes at me right now because you're like, well, that's cute. Like, how does that happen? And maybe you, you can't completely take the day off, you know, and kick your feet up, but maybe it means that you don't schedule like a night out with your boyfriend or a date or time with your girlfriends, or even if you can reschedule a presentation at work, for example, to not be when you're bleeding these little things get us to really have a much easier time um, in just, and that's just one phase. Okay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to pause there, but I can kind of talk through each phase if that's helpful. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> before we push record on this podcast, you're like, I would never schedule this for when I was bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would never schedule a podcast. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. You know, your hormones are baseline, um, you know, then, then comes the, the increased estrogen and what are the magical things that happen when your estrogen increases? Right. So if we think about ovulation, let's just say it's a, it's a 28 day cycle, which is very rare that, that someone would have a perfect 28 day cycle, but just for the sake of evenness on day 14, you ovulate, right? That's like your peak estrogen. So somewhere between day zero and day 14, you know, you are you're building that estrogen, you're building that uterine lining, your brain is connecting to your ovaries to tell it to create follicle stimulating hormone to stimulate the follicles. So your follicles can develop so that an egg can be chosen at ovulation with the surge of LH, which prove amazingly gets to screen in their test strips. Okay. So that little thing you pee on, at, you know, when you're trying to find your ovulation window, that's what's happening. Your brain is like, 
telling your body, hey, hey, it's time to get ready to, to ovulate again. It's time to get ready. Oh, and there's a surge. And I think of it as like a, a, a soccer um, guy kicking a soccer ball and it's like, gets kicked out and it's like this big explosion. So everyone thinks that bleeding is like the big event, right? Cause it's like, you know, visible and oh, I hate my life. I'm bleeding, blah, blah. But it's really ovulation that's the main event. That's where all this magic comes in. So after you've done your resting, right? And you're kind of rejuvenating and hopefully you're eating lots of iron rich foods and, and those types of things to rebuild the blood um, once you're in the bleeding phase, then your brain starts to come back online. And when your brain starts to come back online before you ovulate, so let's say this is around day seven, that's when planning. So if you're a business owner, like Amy and I, maybe you're, you're planning, who do I want on the podcast? What do I want to talk about on social media? If you, if you don't work for yourself, maybe, you know, what, um, initiatives and goals can I get to this month, either in my personal life or at work? Um, what are the, the things that I really want to have happen? But here's the trick. You don't action them during this week. You just plan. You pull out your journal, you pull out your calendar, you plan. Maybe you reach out to some people and say, hey, I want you to come on my podcast or, hey, I want to have an interview with you or, hey, I want to um, get together with you, like friend of mine, but I don't want to do it right now. I want to do it in like a week, okay? So it, you get the idea. It's a planning phase, okay? And then when you hit that ovulatory mark, when you get that positive, hopefully on your LH strip from Prove, um, that's when estrogen and testosterone are absolutely the highest. And when estrogen and testosterone are at the highest, this is like summertime, bring the drinks, party time, let's have sex, let's enjoy our life. You know, it's like you are fully immersed in your feminine, like, flow of, of, of happiness and joy. Right. And I do think of this, of the weeks as seasons, bleeding being winter, um, the follicular phase of, of non-bleeding part, you know, that planning phase being spring, you know, things are starting and then summer being this like ovulatory window where things just pop, you know, kind of like where we are now, like in June, right. Everything is kind of, it's hot and you just want to be outside and enjoying your life. You should feel that shift and that shift comes from estrogen triggering serotonin in your brain and serotonin being that happy chemical to literally make you more optimistic and that testosterone is going to give you a libido a kick which is perfect because our amazing female body is designed to basically get pregnant at that time right so that's like your evolutionarily your body's like telling you hey, you know, Amy, it's time to have sex so you can make a baby and you actually want to because your um, libido is higher during that time. So there's a lot of magic that happens from like a work perspective. That's the time to like ask for a raise, kill it on a presentation. If you're a podcaster, do all your podcasts. I do batch podcast days. Um, it's really the execution time. It's, it's, yeah. So it's like the go, go, go your full um, pedal to the metal, you're showing up fully, if, you know, for the people you love in your life um, as well. So a lot of outward energy, right? A lot of socialization. Yeah, they were yeah, so those are. <laughs> yeah, they did from studies where it was like women are more attractive when they have the high estrogen levels. They're more productive. They're more more creative. Yes. They can run longer on marathons. They can run faster. Um, so yeah, it's like. That high yeah. estrogen, man, that is the peak. That's like the, like you said, the main I, event. 
Exactly. And even, I didn't even talk about, you know, from a, from a, a workout perspective, that is definitely the time to optimize. I mean, even if you think about it, testosterone, right. going to help you build muscle. It's a great time to work out and even to be lifting weights and things like that so that you can really retain that muscle. Also while estrogen is, is there um, before it, it's going to drop off a little bit. So there's just so many things when you think about it, you're basically a dramatically different person around ovulation versus when you're bleeding. And if we think that we are small men trying to live in the masculine world that we live in, the patriarchy that we live in, and I'm not saying that against men, I'm just saying that this is how our society is built, right? Like every day is the same, the work goals, the work timing, all this stuff. But if you realize that you're trying to fit into that, but that's not how your body chemistry works, you can start to make these small adjustments. Um, maybe you don't have full control, but you can start making small adjustments so that you have more leverage in your life. Yeah. One of the, my favorite studies that I love to talk about is when they gave, um, cycle charting tools to teenagers and they can kind of plan out and they could know when they were going to have their period and they can kind of, uh, you know, plan mm. on what's going to happen. There was less depression. There was less suicidal thoughts. Um, cause people knew what was going on. They knew, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling really bad, but that just means my period's coming. I can see because last month it happened, it's only a couple days and then I'll be fine. Um, so yeah, just, just knowing about your cycle and, and being aware of where you are in it is just yeah. empowering itself. That's so, I love that study too. And I have had the beautiful opportunity for the last three months to work with two teenagers on their gut health and their anxiety and their period. They really came to me more with their gut and gut and uh, anxiety stuff, which was to the level of like needing hospitalization. Like it was very severe and now they're stable. We've gotten their gut health back online their nervous system to calm down. So we're kind of moving into the hormone field and I got to educate one of them um, recently about her cycle. And I said, you know, you already have a tendency to want to be an introvert. And so she and I happened to bleed on the same day last month. So I was like, look, so this weekend is not the time to like go out to your friend's party. Like this is the time to kind of like read your book and chill out and be inside. And she really was like, this is very cool. Like I get to, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a kind of a revolutionary way of thinking and training girls and women how to interact with their body that we're basically not taught to do. And in fact, at her age, I was on hormonal birth control, completely suppressing my hormones um, until I was in my late twenties. So we're, we're just like never really taught this part. And then we, we try to get pregnant and we don't under, even understand how our whole cycle works. So it's, uh, it's complicated, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. 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 There's that other study where women who were on hormonal birth control, um, I don't know how to phrase it correctly, but like they were on hormonal birth control and they found their husband attractive and then they came off the birth control and then they weren't attractive. <laughs> so it was like, there was higher divorce rates when, because it's like the, what you find attractive, what you, you know, in a, in a, in a mate, in a partner, a life partner, depends on your hormones. And so if you're on hormonal birth control and you're suppressing all of those feelings and those, those ups and downs, it's totally, your mind is totally different than if you have those. Absolutely. And if you think about the fact that hormonal birth control, basically your, your whole, if you looked at your hormones, you'd be flatlined. In fact, if I've run, I've run hormone tests like Dutch testing on clients on hormonal birth control and their hormones are postmenopausal. 
I mean, that's what their natural hormones look like is postmenopausal. So if you think about that in relationship and, and stimulation and libido and sex and enjoying your partner and all these things, it's, it's very easy to understand that you would have a very different feeling about them if you were having this natural ebb and flow. Um, and that's another thing that you get to play with if you are um, not on birth control and you are tracking your cycle using something like Prove is your relationship or your dating life, right? Like I, my partner is in on the secret. Let me tell you something. Like <laughs> we've been together for a long time. He knows when it's like, I don't want to, like, I'm not in a place right now where I want to have a child. So we use protection, right? But it's like, we, first of all, I know when I need to use protection because I use Prove and other biomarkers. But secondly, our sex is better because he knows that I'm going to have more testosterone, more estrogen, and I'm going to be wanting to have sex during that window. It's not that I don't want to have sex any other time, but it's just that it's not going to be as easy for me. We're going to need more foreplay. We're going to need, I'm going to need more sensitivity, more cuddling. Um, and closeness in that way, and even space during certain parts of my cycle. And he's not offended by that because he understands that my cycle is changing and my days are changing based off of my hormones. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, so on day 14, we had our surge. Yep. And now up comes our beautiful, my, fav my favorite hormone. I mean, I know estrogen is great, but I personally love progesterone. So let's talk about yeah. the the next, what, what are we in fall or are we still we're in fall? Yeah. Oh, we're okay. in fall with after ovulation. Yeah. So summer is ovulation. Then we, we have our ovulatory event and our egg is released. And then if we don't get pregnant, well, even if we do get pregnant, we create progesterone definitely, hopefully, unless we have to take supplemental um, progesterone, but if we aren't trying to conceive or whatever, and we just have our progesterone. So, so progesterone really needs to be the lady in charge in the second half of your cycle. If estrogen's driving the, the car in the second half of the cycle, you're going to have PMS, painful breasts, brain fog, fatigue, weight gain. I mean, just like every symptom that women deal with in relationship to their period that makes them think it's awful is usually too much estrogen in relationship to progesterone. So we want to see progesterone soar um, because it also comes with it some really beautiful attributes. So where estrogen is more like your va va boom hormone, progesterone is like your like calming and nourishing and sleepy hormone and your relaxing hormone and your progestation hormone, right? For babies. So there's so many good things about progesterone. Um, it definitely, you know, it's known as preparing the body for, and the uterus for pregnancy, of course. Um, but you know, it's, it also has this huge important role. I see it as a balance to estrogen, like yin and yang, um, with, with, cause if we have just if we're just the go, go, go party lady, estrogen lady all the time, then we crash out and we burn out and we're exhausted. So we need that chill time. And one of the things that I think we lose sight of uh, when we talk about progesterone is it's also its effect on our cognitive health, our brain health, our mood. So just like estrogen um, will correspond with serotonin, then if estrogen is going to take a dip, hopefully progesterone is rising up at that point to come to the rescue in a lot of different ways, including with our mood. And the way that this works is that it, one of its metabolites, um, 
will allopregnenolone, uh, uh, progesterone will work on the GABA receptors in the brain. And GABA is like your calming neurotransmitter. So now you don't have the like happy-go-lucky transmitter neurotransmitter as much like serotonin, but you should have like a, everything's like calm and no anxiety. But often what happens is there's still too much estrogen, not enough progesterone. And so GABA is not also high. And a lot of women deal with that PMS irritability before their, um, before their period. And a lot of times it has to do with not either creating enough progesterone or not in relationship to estrogen. Um, and the amount of stress that they're under can have a huge impact on the amount uh, and, the, and the quality of our corpus luteum, which is what actually secretes that progesterone, our lovely progesterone in the second half of the cycle. So yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting. That's the, the trickiest week for most people. Um, and also if it's going well, like this is the time to kind of wrap up your projects, right? Like kind of, uh, it's a great time to like do your finances, like cl clear out the one pickle that's in your fridge, clean up your house, kind of just like everything is checked off the list, right? As opposed to like, I'm gonna start a new project. Like, why are you gonna start a new project right before you, you're bleeding? No, like you're tired, it's time to, cool down, right? Calm down and cool down. So that's kind of how I think about progesterone. Yeah, yeah, no. So there's this whole um, movement on cycle syncing, right? So yeah, you know about this, right? I'm almost positive. <laughs> it is actually basically what we're talking about on this podcast, right? It's like cycle syncing being like using the way that your body naturally flows to sync to your personal care, your work, your workouts, your food, right? And how do you leverage all those different areas of your life, depending on where you are, which season you're in. Um, and it's changed my life for sure. And you don't have to do it like full out, like every little thing has to be perfect. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be this other thing that you get stressed out about that's like on your to-do list, but it gets to be this fun thing you get to play with. Um, I find that a lot of women that come to me are pretty type A and wanting to kind of make their health and cycle syncing and things like this. Um, just another thing on their checklist. And then when it doesn't go perfectly, they blame themselves and it's like, well, that's not really how it works. So <laughs> we have to like break those paradigms. Oops. I just dropped my headphones. <clears throat> yeah. I see a lot with the cycle syncing and I knew that's what we were talking about. And I just wanted to kind of associate with what we're talking about with that phrase those people go oh that's what cycle syncing is because we see it a lot um you know we're big fans of seed cycling um we see a lot of women that come in with not not horrible cycles but just not optimal i would say like you know like a b plus kind of cycle um and they start eating the seeds and help support the hormones and they feel better. And I just saw somebody comment. I don't know if it's going to help me get pregnant, but I love the way I feel when I'm eating the seeds. Um, because it's just, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It just supports that healthy hormones and which, which is important. Definitely important. Oh, I think so. I think the seed thing is, it's interesting because people, people want to hang their hat on. That's like the only thing that's important when, and we know that that's not true, but I mean, the seed cycling, I have a guide on it. And one of the things I talk about in the guide is that, you know, you're getting those healthy fats and our hormones like progesterone and estrogen, like we need healthy fat in order to even create hormones. Like if you look at a hormone chart, the very first thing is, is cholesterol. So 
I, I love hearing, you know, it's something so simple, like seed cycling that someone can do and take charge of their hormones and feel better. So great and empowering. Yeah. Yeah. We, we educate a lot. One of our, our top blogs on, you know, is, is how to in naturally increase progesterone or the five things you can do to naturally increase progesterone. Um, and I love that blog from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's one of our uh, top hits. Um, and, you know, we, you know, there's just a lot of natural things you can do. And what I like to say is anything you put in your body is converted to hormones. So if you don't put the right things in, you're not going to get a good output. Oh, totally. Especially when you think about a hormone that's so sensitive, like progesterone, I mean, nutrient deficiencies like B6, magnesium, you know, potassium, vitamin C are all going to affect our ability to create healthy progesterone, for example. So for maybe not eating super nutrient rich diet, or, um, you know, we don't have access to like organic food, maybe we're not getting as much of that. Maybe we need supplementation, for example, to kind of help the building blocks of progesterone. And then of course, there's, there's people who are chronically stressed, and that's going to convert their, um, their hormones as well. And then pump up their cortisol and boost up their estrogen and, and tank their progesterone. So there's some, I know, don't shoot the messenger. No one wants to talk about stress, but it's like the big, especially, you know, trying to conceive and the stress around that. Mm. It's, it's like, um, it's almost like a, you know, catch 22 in it, some ways. So, I mean, yeah. it is hundred percent true that if you reduce stress, you will increase your chances of conception. It is just almost impossible to do because you're, just, you know, worried about it and constantly thinking about it. And it makes you in a constant state of stress. So, you know, just relax. It's not helpful. Um, no, not <laughs> at all. But I guess for me, um, my brain, I like thinking about the science of it. And that kind of helps me because I'm like very type A and very, like, very anxious, stressed person, just always have been that way. And I struggle with this so much. And if someone tells me to just relax, I'm going to probably punch them in the face. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, I, there's this book actually that I have here called, um, Wired for Healing by Annie Hopper. Um, and I just found it so fascinating when she talks about how the nervous system can kind of get shot after, you know, dealing with certain stressors like that I identify for like fungal and, and bacterial overgrowths or, or, you know, even just emotional stress that's like repeated and that our, our limbic system gets damaged and basically continues to tell the body to release cortisol and all these damaging stress hormones. So even if you, you know, resolve the internal stressor that could be going on, that if your brain is still stuck in fight or flight, that you continue to release this cortisol. And, and of course that would make it very challenging to conceive or to have a healthy, um, a healthy period, um, as well. So it's, I think it's like, maybe it's finding different things for different people. You know, for me, it's like, if I can um, maybe not think about stress management and just think about increasing joy, that's like one way that's really helped me is what, what brings me joy is, are there places I can add that into my life instead of it being about restriction and more about adding in things that make me happy. That's right. That's right. All right. So as we close, what are secrets or tips to help promote a healthy cycle? Yeah. So just, I guess in, in relationship to progesterone, I would say like the number one thing is stress for sure. And then followed by that. And I would say stress, mental, emotional is one component, but most of my clients with hormone issues have gut issues 
nervous system, you know, problems with anxiety um, or other like hidden stealth infections. So I'm a big fan of testing and not guessing because if you've been on the journey for a long time and you haven't tested, then it's, you know, times to maybe investigate. So if you're using Prove and you're seeing in like cycle after cycle, there's no LH, you know, surge and there's no PDG that's coming up, then it might be time to get like a Dutch test. Um, if you're not there yet and you're just like, what could I eat or what could I, um, you know, do with my workouts and stuff like that, getting a well-rounded -round, diet is really important. So thinking about those key building blocks for hormones, healthy fats are going to come from olive oil, avocados, coconut oil to a certain extent. Um, even grass-fed animal protein is going to create fat that's going to help you create your hormones. And then from a micronutrient and a vitamin perspective, vitamin C, iron, potassium, B6, magnesium, they're all super important. I mean, there's a ton, right? That's why most people say tagline, eat a well-rounded diet. And the reason they're saying that is so you hit all these different markers. In my experience, most people are deficient in magnesium, B6, vitamin C, potassium, and sodium. Um, so that's another way where testing kind of comes into play. But if you're just kind of like curious, one of my favorite things to do is to make sure that I'm fully hydrated with coconut water and or lemon water with salt to give myself that vitamin C and that sodium. I even like adrenal cocktails, which are, um, I teach this in my Empower Her program, um, but it's great. It's like orange juice and, and collagen peptides and coconut cream and salt. And you blend it all together and it tastes like a, a orange creamsicle. Um, and what that does is it gives your adrenal glands like vitamin C and potassium, and that's what's gonna help to build those hormones. So if you think about it like nutrient density, that's how I would think about it. Instead of like restriction, um, which can kind of trigger a whole other amount of stress, think about adding in foods that are super nutrient dense, like collagen, beef liver, um, fruits and vegetables, like crazy, you know, nuts and seeds and olives and olive oil and those things. Um, and, and really, if you are going to think about restriction when it comes to food, like Think about things that might be causing you inflammation, right? So gluten, dairy, sugar, alcohol, and trans fats are probably the top five, right? Gluten, dairy, you sugar, just took out all the alcohol. fun in my life. <laughs> right. So it's like you don't necessarily have to like just cut them all out, you know, because you listen to this podcast. It's like, are those triggers for you? First of all, identify those. And it wouldn't be helpful for you to take a break from them, reduce them in any way, or make some healthy swaps depending on your health goals, right? And what you're trying to get to. Um, for me personally with ha Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, SIBO, IBS, you know, ovarian cysts out of birth, inflammation was like the core issue and gut health was a core issue. So those ones for me were things I had to give up for a little while. And then there's certain things that I keep out, right? Like gluten and dairy just really don't have a place in my personal life. I still have sugar, I still have alcohol. I just keep it in moderation. I try to find healthier alternatives, um, which is stuff I talk about a lot on my um, She Talks Health channel. So it just, you have to find a balance there when it comes to eliminating things. Otherwise you're just gonna be stressed out about eliminating the thing. <laughs> That's not gonna help. <laughs> and that goes back to the um, 22. <laughs> yeah, so those are, I guess, probably some of the, the biggest things um, I would suggest. And, you know, I think another big thing around food is in that luteal phase, that second half or the, um, the fall phase we were talking about after ovulation, your body needs between five to 10% more calories. So if you're going to try to eat like a salad <laughs> without protein and fat in the second half of your cycle, you're probably going to feel like a crazy person. Um, because as your estrogen 
goes down, your serotonin goes down. And in order to balance your brain and your even your insulin, you're going to need more complex carbohydrates. So root vegetables, and if you tolerate grains, um, gluten-free grains during that time might also be very, very helpful for your brain. And my like favorite, like healthier sugary treat during that like PMS week is by far the Simple Mills chocolate um, muffins. They're so good, but they're made from coconut sugar instead of refined sugar. Oh, it like hits the spot every time. Um, so those are some food ideas for people to, to help their cycle. Um, and then it gets into, you know, the specifics. That's when you have to maybe test and do I need to be adding broccoli sprouts and carrots and, you know, um, onions and garlic and things like this to help detox estrogen if that's the main issue. Um, or do I need to be thinking more about nourishment um, because my cortisol is tanked? Or do I have to be thinking about my blood sugar because I have PCOS and my insulin is all over the place? And that's where you get to get a little bit more specific. Awesome. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot more, but I, I would talk forever with all the tips, I feel like. But hopefully those are good, good places for people to start. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I mean, thank you for just educating us on the cycle as a superpower. Uh, you know, we just get so, oh no, another cycle, my period came and then I got to do more ovulation tests and I got to time intercourse and it's just like so stressful. Do you think of your, your cycle as a, as a stress and, and something that's not fun at all? You know, I don't want to test. I don't want to have intercourse yet again <laughs> um you know it's like yeah, if you, if, to try to change think of it that mind, way yeah you have to change the mind yeah. the mindset of you know what i'm in my most creative phase like my estrogen is high like i should be celebrating this i'm gonna go out and you know celebrate life and just be creative mm -hmm. and um you know be the best self that you can be um, exactly. And it can be micro little things. I'm next week. I know I'm going to get my period on Tuesday. I'm, I'm taking a couple hours off and I'm going to go paint some pottery by myself with my phone off. <laughs> so I don't have to talk to anybody else and I can just do something mindless, right? Like it can just be these little things, but I think you're right. It's like, if we, if we think of this, of our, of our periods as dirty, bad, you know, horrible, all these things. And then we're also trying to bring a life into the world via the uterus the amount of shame and trauma that then is held in the pelvic region and then is like stunting us is really, really, really hard to get through. So I work with a lot of people um, on this as well. And, and it's just something that honestly, like, you know, it's like you said, like saying some, to someone just relax is like the most frustrating thing. But we also, sometimes there's like a physiological reason why we can't conceive or why we are having troubles with our hormones. And that's what I get to do. But also like sometimes with the emotional part and we have to deal with both um, and we have to face both. Um, and, and that's just, that's just true. <laughs> you know, it's just like time and time again. And so the faster we can kind of get real with ourselves and without blame, right? It's no one's fault. If you're having a horrible period or you're not getting pregnant, it's not your fault. It's, but how can we like learn about our bodies, get it curious? How can we be an impartial observer? Can we find these little ways to improve it so that we actually enjoy our cycle and can bring that to our lives and then see what other magic happens um, and see if maybe that's a way if you're doing that and you're testing and using proof that like some red flag comes up maybe and you're like oh man I think I really have to work on you know this inflammation thing um, I can't tell you how many women 
come to me who are looking to do other things, but they know they want to have children down the line. And there would literally be no way for them to like have a child in this inflammation, stressed out place that they're in. So sometimes we just have to work on that too. And then like the magic happens and we get to step, step into our power as this huge feminine force and like take over the world in whatever way that that means and stop getting held back by these things that we don't even like our hormones when we might not even understand what they fully mean. So when you fully understand, that's when you get to be in charge and in control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you said it exactly. It was like the, be the CEO of your cycle or something like that. Yes. CEO of your health or your period or your hormones. Yes. That's, that's so important. Right. Yeah. You harness yeah, it. I, you don't let that harness you other way around. Yep. That's right. Like you, you lead universe follows, pull up your CEO pants and you get to optimize and you get to live fully and thrive and it's possible. And I'm saying this from a place of, um, not judgment. I'm saying this from a place of being like completely reversing chronic illness in my life and like seeing this huge transformation that I didn't even think was possible that my doctors told me I would always be on medication. I would always have this, all these conditions and I don't anymore. Um, so there's, there's a lot possible. Um, that's like the biggest takeaway, right? Is like, you have so many things you can try and do. And I really hope this inspires you and transforms your life so that you can just be the best woman that you're meant to be. Awesome. Awesome. Those are great last words. So thank you again, Sophie Shepard from She Talks Health. We will link everything on there. I highly recommend you go to her website, read the blogs, follow her on Instagram. That's how I found her. Um, great, great. <laughs> Love the positive mind frame. Um, so thank you for what you do. Thank you for being on this podcast and educating and hope to talk You're to you welcome. soon. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I can't wait to have you on the She Talks Health podcast in a couple of weeks. Thanks for the exchange. Yes, I'm super excited about that too. <laughs>